the marinade. There's no O in marinade. Let's try it one more time. Ready? One, <laughs> two, three. <laughs> the marinade. Marrow. Marrow. Marinade. Bone marinade. The marinade. The marinade. With Jason Earl. My body won't hold me anymore And it finally lets me free Welcome to The Marinade with Jason Earl, a free-flowing conversation about the creative process with creative people. This is episode 31, and our guest is Joe Kwan of the Avid Brothers. Cellist for the Avid Brothers food enthusiast, photographer, blogger, incredibly thoughtful and down-to-earth person for those reasons and so many more. Joe Kwan is a creative hero of mine. I've been a fan of the Avid Brothers for many years. I don't remember if my friend Stacy got me into them or my friend JW, who comes up in a major way on this episode. JW and Crum, two really close friends from college, saw the Avids at Skipper's Smokehouse in Tampa, the quirky seafood restaurant slash music venue where we recorded episode two with Verlin Thompson many years ago. I can imagine what a thrill it would have been to see the Avids at the Skipper Dome on their back porch stage with the live oak canopy overhead. You know, Skipper's serves gator ribs with smoked mullet and all kinds of different... uh, very Floridian uh, specific dishes and to see the Avits there in 2007 the night our beloved Tim Tebow won the Heisman Trophy as college football's best player must have felt like being on the inside of something special Dub and Crum could not have predicted that the Avits would uh, play arenas one day but those of us listening at the time knew the band would bridge gaps they played bluegrass instruments but it wasn't bluegrass they had a a pop star energy but it wasn't uh, a boy band and they said things in a way that made you go hey that's how i feel too that's what i've been trying to express but instead i drink too much and don't do all the right things and don't write these things down they were our band you know remarkably um, despite getting to a place where they play venues with civic center and coliseum and arena in their name the avid brothers still feel like our band they've maintained a connection to the people who got them there judd apatow made a documentary about them but they're still our band and a huge reason why the avid brothers are so beloved is that they leave it all on the stage they, they truly do every single night and they have that magnificent ability to make you feel like part of the show Joe Kwan is one of the best at straddling the line between this larger-than-life kind of star and this incredibly accessible creative. His spirit is joyful and positive, and I'm so grateful for the opportunity to sit down with someone whose work has meant so much to me for so long. We caught up at Tampa's Gasparilla Music Festival before the Avett Brothers headlining set. Joe was gracious and thoughtful, and I am so excited to release our conversation to the world. Ladies and gentlemen, Joe Kwan. Holding the love I've known in my life 
and no hard feelings. Lord knows they haven't done much good for anyone. Kept me afraid and cold with so much to have and hold under the curving sky. Dinner is a good place to start, sir. Check, check. Hey, hey, check one, two. One, oh, yeah. two. We sound, we sound marvelous. All right. Man, thank you so much. And dinner, you just mentioned dinner. Dinner is a good place to start. There's so much. This is kind of a dream interview for me. I've been an Avett Brothers fan for a long time. And um, I was immediately drawn to you just based on how many interests you have and how many of those seem to <laughs> intersect with interests that I have. That's that's pretty, yeah, true. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about your interests, but I have a lot of interests. Yeah, I think that's fantastic. And I want to talk about kind of a few of them. And then yeah. also kind of what lessons you've learned about balancing them. Oh, man, yeah. Um, yeah. So you mentioned dinner already. You've been here. Uh, you've been in Florida for a few days. Just, yeah. I guess we started in St. Augustine. There you go. Man, At the remember. amp. Yeah, and then yeah, I had a day off yesterday venues. in Tampa and another day here in Tampa today. So have you had a, a particularly remarkable meal? I haven't gone out to eat. No? No. Um, you know, we we only have our bus on the road. Yeah. So getting out to some of the spots I wanted to check out always is a balancing act of, like, all right, how far is it? Can I Uber there and get back reasonably? And the places I wanted to go in Tampa were in uh, St. Pete's. Uh. And I was like 30 minutes drive away. I was like, oh, man, that's going to add so another 60 bucks to my meal, more or less. Right, right, So right. when you start putting it in numbers that you got, you're like, ah, it's probably just best if I stay in time. Well, it, yeah. Are you leaving tomorrow? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so if you get – I don't yeah. know if you can get to the refinery – but the refinery, the refinery? Here in town, yeah. Okay. I was told far. to go to Bodega in St. Pete's. I I'm not know. familiar. The the website looked pretty the food looked pretty good. And then some other place I can't remember right now. Well, refinery and then Burns is the other one that's Burns. like okay. um Burns Steakhouse is like the famous one here in town. Oh yeah, yeah, the old school steakhouse. Yeah. Man, my buddy told me about that. He's like, You gotta go just cause they have like a killer old school wine list. Yeah. Yeah. And I can't, I don't really drink on the road. So I was uh, like, really? Yeah. Why is that? Um, or do you mind talking about it? No, I don't mind talking about it. I'm trying to figure out the best way to put this. I, it's not that I'm against it. Uh -huh. um, and it's not that I don't drink. I try, I just try not to drink a whole bottle of wine by myself, sure. which is what it would have ended, you know, probably been two bottles of wine at Burns if it was that good of a wine list. Sure. Yeah. And uh, uh, it, it definitely affects the show. Wow. Like, uh, my endurance is severely altered by it, and uh, we don't we don't drink uh, before a show. And if sure. we do drink, it'll be after a show, maybe one or two glasses of wine. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's just all about it's so much about the performance when we're on the road, and we really keep that in the back of our heads. Like this is not about partying out here. This is right. about working. It's business. It's yeah, work. It's work. It's work. Um, it doesn't feel like work because we're up there playing shows. But yeah, you have to remember people are here to see us do do that not right for us to have fun and sure i mean we're having fun being up there but on our days off we shouldn't be getting tanked at burn steakhouse right <laughs> 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 i admire that a lot i mean in, in the fact that you guys treat it like a, 
a craft and a job yeah. comes through for sure. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. the, an, a live show, an Avery Brothers live show is legendary for a reason. Thank you. Thanks. Yeah. I, that's what, you know, drew me to them initially. I was, I was blown away by, uh, away by their live show. You know? Wow. It's just like watching them be like, man, they are ripping it up there. Yeah. Leaving it up there. Right. You know? There's nothing left at the end and really uh, still try to maintain that every night. Is that ever difficult? Do you ever f- have those days where, like we all do, where you get up and you're like, oh, yeah, damn it. Oh, it'd be a lie if I said it was, you know, butterflies and flowers every day. Yeah, it's yeah. A lot of days it's tough. Um, you know, any number of things can cause you to have a bad show. Um, personal things at home, obviously that can be a big thing. Right. Uh, just inner personalities you know depending on what time of year you might have a bad time you know it's, it's like come come august everyone's kind of you know tired that's what happens you know anytime right. you're tired anytime you're hungry anytime and so many things that can affect how you feel out there up there right uh but you try so hard i try so hard to just remember that you know this is what i'm here to do so yeah. just turn all that off forget everything and just do this one thing is yeah. there something so that's just an inner monologue that you have or is yeah, there something yeah, else yeah, that yeah. keeps you centered in that way it's an inner uh it for me the thing that keeps me centered is the fact that people are out they took time out of their day they took money out of their accounts to come see us do what we do yeah and if we don't give that 100 percent, 110 percent that i i like to think that we give every night yeah then it's, it's it's a disservice to them that's the thing that's in the back of my head you know it's like well when i you know go out to eat and you know at a restaurant that i've been really looking forward to going to eat saving up for you know mm-hmm. i don't want to be like oh man chef just wasn't on today right you know <laughs> like i wanted to be the experience that i expected in my sure. head sure so i i try to make sure that that kind of that kind of mentality follows me to the stage sometimes it's not always possible sometimes life is bigger than being able to shut it off you know death in the family had you know whatever the reasoning is there are many number of things that can cause that sort of mental challenge uh, for me. And there's a parallel there I see, whereas like the chef has no idea who's coming into the restaurant that night. Yeah, you have no idea who's coming to the show that night. Uh, 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 you know, you can presume that, uh, of course, they're fans of the band, but you uh, don't. Yeah, you you could presume that, but you'd be. It would be wrong of us to think that there aren't first timers at a show. Right you know right of course there are people who are here for the first time yeah they might have heard a song on the radio they might have heard an album Mm -hmm. but coming to a show is a special thing you know absolutely it's it's an experience and you do that some people do it a lot and some people can't do it a lot they can only do it that one time and you're you happen to be playing in their backyard and that you know they got to show up you know even if it's challenging for them right um and that's something that you know it's important to remember for sure sure that's awesome especially i mean just keeping that in mind that you just never know who's coming in and and what they're going through and that's a difficult thing i think about performance in general is that you don't you you're doing your thing but then it's so subjective too i mean how it's perceived but you can feel like man i crushed it today oh yeah and then somebody else might be like yeah you didn't really have it (laughs) it's usually the other way around it's usually like man (laughs) 
I just totally <laughs> I played that so badly. And then, you know, we this happens a lot amongst the band. We'll we'll go get off stage and be like, that was the most challenging show I have played in a long time. Yeah. And they'll be like, Man, that was like one of the best shows I've ever played. You're like, what are you talking about? <laughs> I didn't feel it from the audience and they're like, What are you talking about? The audience was great, you know, like that type of thing is so it's so internal and personal. Uh, you don't you're never gonna get inside someone's head fully, you know. Right. Like, this is working, this is working. You might look over there and it might look like it's working, but inside they're just like, I can't believe this isn't working tonight. That's such an interesting, (laughs) that's so interesting, especially because you guys have been doing it for so long and you clearly have chemistry. Tons of it, but yeah, I mean, but we're also, I feel like we're also to the point now where we can, we can at some point, to some level, I I can make it look like I'm having the best show of my life. But like I said, sometimes, hard to do sometimes right. you just have a bad day absolutely you know and they, you know uh, the things I, I like i always tell like my wife i'll be like this is what you you look out for you can tell this is what it is that's given that that's that tells i'm not having a great show uh, and i have specific things like i'm not doing this as much i'm not doing this as much so. oh can you let us in on those things I can't, oh, because man. then people will know <laughs> yeah. oh man yeah. And that's that's just you know my personal thing that I can tell this happens to me. Yeah. I don't know how it is for Scott, Seth, Bob, or Mike, or Bonnie. Sure. Or like I just know for myself, there's a time where I'm like, oh god, I can't, I'm not doing this well today, you know. And yeah. I go internal, and and that's fine too. You know, sometimes you got to play that internal show where you're just like, play the song, right? You know, play the song for what it's worth. And as long as you perform that song well, you're fine, right? You know, just play the song well that's fantastic um uh, back to the kind of the food thing because we were uh i'm I'm also really hungry so i think that's going to be on my mind which is which i've I've got a good guess for that um you like on your social media you have more than one cookbook um that you're that you've that you've had pictures of oh Uh, man are those like ones that you're just crazy about is there something tons of that yeah. scratches a creative itch with you for that well some of them that. are ones that i've just like really been i've been waiting years for it to happen you know? uh, like uh the latest one that i just put up um, my buddy sam jones he taught me how to make whole hog uh, uh, roast whole hog pig so he's he's the guy who is responsible for me like learning that craft and i have eaten his family's food since i can remember as a young child um and for him to finally come out with a cookbook i was like this is so awesome so that other people can see what i got to experience you know like because from that aspect i'm like that's an important cookbook for me you know right and they're they're all the cookbooks that i put up um have some sort of personal connection have you ever collaborated on one i have not no and i you think you i have no business really doing anything like that why uh Cause I'm not that good of a. Cook. <laughs> 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 that might be something useful in that even. Right? Sure, like, uh, that's a good point. Yeah, yeah. what not to do? <laughs> it got, yeah, yeah. It got me thinking about. <laughs> it got me thinking about. Uh, yeah. Just how like I love. A, I like the physical, the tangible book. I do too. Period. Right. Oh, yeah. Like if yeah, I'm yeah. reading something, I like it. If it's a cookbook, I like it. Yeah. But increasingly people that i know if they're cooking i feel like they're going to the internet for something and you lose something there yeah for sure uh i love just reading cookbooks i don't even cook out of them i've got you know the majority of the cookbooks in my kitchen i've not cooked out of oh wow i just like to read them 
go through the theory of them like some of them I can't cook out of yeah I, I lack the ability the skill the techniques the the you know machinery yeah. to cook out of them you know yeah yeah but they're just interesting to see how the <laughs> the thought process works for those those recipes and yeah. where they came from um, that's funny. I, I got the the French Laundry. Uh, yeah, that's the one I was thinking of. I can't, can't make any anything that. out of that. But it's really interesting <laughs> it's to read the, the theory behind yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 yeah, I tried like two or three recipes, and I, I get like ready, and then I go, I don't have that thing. I don't know what that word is. Right, or, <laughs> or it's like, refer to this recipe on page 53, and then you go to that recipe, and then it's like, refer to this recipe uh-huh. on page 296, and then you go uh-huh. to that recipe, you're like, I gotta make six dishes to make yeah. this one dish. <laughs> <laughs> so that's the that's some of the challenges of the those types of cookbooks. But they are beautiful. Yeah. And obviously I wanna go to French Laundry, haven't been. Um but from that aspect it's like um I used to do this a lot and I've gotten away from doing it where I kind of I, I guess as a young like food enthusiast I was trying to collect restaurants. Oh, huh. You know, which I feel like a lot of people do still. You know, they're they're like, oh, I, oh, I ate there. Oh, interesting. You know, just to say that you ate there rather than for the experience of it, um, and that's that. That to me is like something I've. I don't know. I don't do as much for sure. Yeah. Um, now I'm like, well, let's go to that like taco stand that looked like I'd probably get sick from. You know. Right. Because that seems like fun. But you did you did that you're saying you did that initially? I did that initially. Yeah. 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 And I you know, I still get excited about those restaurants that were on that list. Yeah. I still wanna go. Um, and there's so much to be learned from restaurants like that, right? Yeah. Like so much to be learned from going to French laundry. Right. But if you're not there, present, eating that meal, it's gonna go over your head. Right. You know, we uh, I went to Japan so last true. year for this really amazing trip. And we got reservations at this place that was the like known for its tofu, and I was like, "Shoot, we're in Japan! I would love to try this restaurant." Right. We went to this restaurant, and it was one of those meals where I was like, "Well, I didn't understand that meal at all. It went right over my head." Interesting. The main entree was boiled tofu. Wow. With a wedge of lime in it, water and tofu with a wedge of lime in it. And I was like, "I don't, I don't get it." You yeah. Know? But that's because. My palate is not ready for that. Sure. <laughs> you know, yeah. when you're eating tofu every day and you can taste the soybean, what variety of soybean they use to make the tofu, that meal must have been amazing. Right. Know? But when you're a baby tofu enthusiast like I am, it was just like right over my head. That's really interesting. Yeah. So I feel like there are, there are things like that. Um, it takes a lot of concentration to eat a meal like French Laundry per se mm-hmm. Alinea, you know you have to there's almost like for me th- and this is a personal quest for me where i'm like i need to do my research i need um, to know what i'm getting into yeah you know? um certain dishes obviously they stick out in my head where i'm like that was the first time that i've ever tasted a tomato for what a tomato should be you know right like that was the first time i've ever had an omelet huh you know and those types of dishes that make an impression on your brain are so worth that kind of meal. But isn't there a balance there? Because I kind of feel, uh, I totally hear what you're saying. And I think I do this to myself in a lot of ways. I do it in music a lot. Um, and I do it in music that maybe I'll play or I'll do it in music that I listen to where I might feel like I, except maybe my sentiment is more like I don't belong. I don't know if it's necessarily that I'm not ready 
both, I suppose. Sure. You know what I mean? Like maybe I feel feel like I don't belong and that ends up holding me back from experiencing something that would have been really enriching. Right. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, I could see that for sure. Uh the not belonging part, I felt that. Yeah. For sure. Right. Especially in our, you know, restaurants where I'm like, I don't you know. Why did I do this? Yeah. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah. But that's I don't know. Maybe it was part of growing as a enthusiast. Well, right, just taking the risk yeah. too. You know, there is a certain level of risk there. Yeah. It doesn't sound like it's all that risky, <laughs> but it yeah, is it's. Yeah, I mean, it's not a real risk. Right. It's a, it's a psychological risk. It's something we build up in our heads. Yeah. That you yeah. Up. yeah. Yeah. I um I played my first uh, open mic the other day. I've been playing guitar since I was like 15. Awesome. And I've just been so scared to get up. And I, when I finally got there, I was just like, all right, I'm going for it. And I did it, and it was great. And yeah. I was like, well, why don't I wait 25 years for that? That's awesome. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And that's um, a great experience, too. Yeah. No, I, get, I just recently gave a um, creative mornings talk. Yeah, I was going to ask you about it. Yeah. Cool. And uh, that was, you know, it's the kind of thing where I get asked to do, I get asked to talk about things. And I'm always like, nah, I really I shouldn't because I'm not very good at public speaking. It's not something that I really enjoy doing and every time I do them I've done like a handful of them now and every time I do them I have such a good time yeah I'm like why do I why do I just set it up in my brain for failure like every time what is that right Um, but it was great the creative mornings talk my wife helped me tremendously kind of uh, uh, kind of come up with the story which was the uh-huh. the part that i have a hard time focusing on is like what's the story because you have to go in there with a, a cohesive story or else it doesn't really it, it shows off as not very cohesive it's right. like a sporadic story you know right uh but she helped me really narrow that down and um she and i sat together one day and we wrote the majority of of the talk um, we didn't write anything, but we came up with the form of the talk. And uh, having that experience with my wife was also very special, you know, because awesome. to hear her be like, you just told that story. And that was like a fascinating story. But you, to you, it's just part of your story. Exactly. You know? exactly. So, and so she was able to be like, that's that's important. You need to tell that, you know. Um, so that those these are things that I took away from it. I was like, man, I really need to just like do these things more talk it out with my wife because she's such a good listener and ability to like pull out special things from uh from stories and it was a lot of fun i had a had so much fun that at the end of it i was, I was like oh my god i can't believe i'm on my last slide already and it was like wow. in my head i was like yeah we've already been talking for 45 minutes it's only supposed to go for 30 i'm sorry <laughs> <laughs> but that's great and how cool to get to share that with her that that collaboration it was it was a bummer because she couldn't be there um Uh. she was away uh like doing interviews or something like that for for jobs and she couldn't be there Um, but a bunch of my friends ended up coming it was really great that's great man um the, you said something that made me think about uh taste on tour Uh because he used to follow your blog yeah it's been a while since i've even updated it yeah uh, so th- a lot of what happens when, as the success of the band has gotten bigger is we're pushed out further from the center of towns. That's like a thing. You know, you play small venues, clubs, they're in the middle of downtown. You're playing sheds. They're always oh, 20, uh-huh. 20 minutes outside of downtown. You know, oh, wow. almost always. So now my the ability to just 
walk out of a venue four blocks and find an amazing restaurant, it's gone. Wow. Now I have to have transportation right. to drop me off somewhere. And there's a whole mental side of me leaving the venue that I find very difficult to do. It's stressful for some reason. Because, like, for that day, the venue is home. For that day, that is my comfort zone. And so it's hard for me even to go meet friends. You know, It's hard for me to be like, well, I've got four hours. I'll, I'll just go and visit my friends and then hang out for a couple hours and then come back. Yeah. There's a mental block there where I'm like, but I'll be so far from the venue. <laughs> Is it, are there certain spaces that are, that's so interesting. Are there yeah. certain venues that you, do you always feel like that's my home base? Or are there certain venues where you're like. I always uh, feel like the venue we're playing that night is my home base. Interesting. Yeah. Are there some that are more comfortable than others? Sure. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. There's a whole range of comfort levels. And, and I guess that's changed so much over the years. Like yeah. you said, you were originally yeah. playing, you know, clubs or whatever. Smaller and now you're playing. And now, you know. Arenas. Yeah, there's certain venues where I'm like, I am excited to get back to seeing them on the schedule. Yeah. Know? Like, oh. Ed Rocks. Cool. Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> It'll be great to see those people again. Yeah, you know, cool. The people who work there now, we know them. Cause we oh, go that's back cool. And that's always fun to to share that experience with them. You know, just be like, hey, good to see you again. You know, it's been a year already. I can't believe it. Right. It's always really it's nice. That's great. I've, I have, I've been there, but I haven't seen a show. I just was there. Well, was you like, got to see a show see there. It. You have yeah. to. Yeah. Maybe i have to fly out there next time you guys are playing. Yeah. That'd be a lot of fun. July five six seven. Oh yeah this year yeah oh dope uh, okay yeah yeah i might see what i can do about that yeah. if they're not sold out i think it is sold out but i bet you anything that there's aftermarket tickets yeah, yeah it's, it's un- unfortunate but that's yeah it's it a bummer man yeah um you also triggered something out in my mind about uh when you mentioned that your wife was doing an interview of some sort for jobs or whatever mm-hmm. you when you joined the band if I understand correctly, you kind of made a huge shift there. Like you were going to go one direction and then went that way. Is that accurate? Uh, no, I was I was actually in a different place. Like I was working for IBM Yeah. as a network consultant. And then went from IBM to bartending to play with a different band because I missed playing music so much while I was working at IBM. And I realized that I, you know, I did not enjoy working behind a desk or a computer yeah what i really wanted to do is play music and so yeah. i took, was bartending to play music and then ended up meeting the avits yeah uh, through that but what lessons did you have you learned from that process I mean, uh, that's a big leap man man so many so many so many different far varying lessons um you know the romantic brain or the romantic side of my heart was saying money doesn't matter it's just (laughs) important to be happy and then when i was bartending and making you know three hundred dollars a week i was like money really does matter sometimes in terms of being able to pay your mortgage yeah money matters because you need money to pay your mortgage yep you know (laughs) believe me i know (laughs) money matters when you want to eat yeah uh things like that you know it's like there's a romantic side to that to be able to say that but there's also the realistic side that's like but remember you have to eat um one of the first conversations i had with with scott when i joined the band was was like i need to make at least this much because i gotta that's my like break even point i just gotta cover that 
and it you know that was like the only thing that mattered was like as long as i can break even i'll be i'll be so happy doing this forever right (laughs) it's such an interesting thing in my you know to be to go from making a good living to making not enough to cover my expenses to being like i just need to cover my expenses yeah that was like a a thing i learned for some reason it's just like you need to be able to pay things yeah (laughs) so if you couldn't have done it i guess you would have gone back to the desk job what do you think you would have done man i guess it doesn't matter now but it's just an interesting yeah who knows where it would have led i don't yeah it really is a it is an anomaly as to where i might have ended up yeah i don't think i would have gone back to a desk job though yeah i may have just concentrated on something else you know something else creative yeah i don't know hard to hard to really know maybe you because there's so much that i learned from uh from struggle the struggle was Mm. what drove me to have a better work ethic the struggle was what drove me to you know learn things quicker and these types of things all came from that struggle of and and stress of am i gonna be able to eat lunch today you know right we're working in a restaurant so thank god i could eat for free yeah Yeah. there was so many things like that where i'm like well that makes sense why people do this right well i mean building trying to build your career around competencies that you have or interests that you have i think is just so huge Mm -hmm. and something i'm thinking a lot about now in terms of like how to continue to nurture this Mm -hmm. and still pay my mortgage (laughs) you know yeah um but but i want to do more this yeah you know yeah uh and to do more this i've got to figure out how to structure the rest of my life with the rest exactly and that's a tough balance it is so what do you you have all these interests you got you know you've got the food and photography is another one isn't it yeah but i'm I'm really piss poor at that as well. So well, I just practice a lot. Still a thing you like, <laughs> yeah. right? So it's still something that you're interested in. Yeah, and, yeah, sure. Um, in music, obviously, mm-hmm. you know, as your career, but also as a, a passion, no doubt. Yeah. Um, yeah. your basketball fan. Uh, yeah, like I can't play worth anything though. Really? I can barely dribble and walk at the same time. <laughs> you but can you ask anybody that in this room. They've all <laughs> seen me play basketball. <laughs> I am by far the worst basketball who's, player. Who's the best on the crew? Either Dane, our tour manager, uh-huh. Scott, or Seth. Okay. They're all like, oh, and Travis. He's actually okay. really good. Travis just gave you a look so like. Long. Oh, okay. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mike is terrible at it. Coombs doesn't play either. That Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, length is so huge in basketball yeah. more than just about any other Travis sport. Travis played a lot of basketball. Oh, okay. Um, he went to basketball camp. <laughs> <laughs> Big game tonight, though. Duke UNC. Oh, is that tonight? Oh, I'm the worst. I used to be an obsessive college basketball fan. I grew up a huge Kentucky fan. Oh, yeah. And then I went to Florida, so I'm a big Florida fan. Yeah. You know, nice. um, but I just don't watch as much anymore. Yeah. Because of that balance. So that's what I wanted to ask you about is, like, I, I've watched a lot. My partner in life doesn't watch sports at all. She's just not into it. My wife it. doesn't either. Yeah, she didn't grow up with it, like, when we don't have a TV, we just, yeah. you know, so it's not, if I want to watch sports, I got to go out go to a bar or yeah, something. Yeah. And I don't necessarily always want to do that. Yeah. Um, so I watch way less sports than I used to, but it used to just consume uh-huh. so much of my time, you know, especially like the NFL and college football, just yeah. so much yeah, of yeah. my time. 
Um, but with all these different things that you're interested in and all these different things you're passionate about, where do you strike the balance? How do you strike the balance? Maybe I should ask. Um, well, on the road, we really have a lot of free time. Um, it gives us the opportunity to get super into something if we want, and we can devote so many hours to it if we want. Like, for instance, Bob Bob takes online college classes. Oh, cool. You know, and he has the ability to read excessive amounts of history books and write so many papers theology wow uh, theology courses he reads about them nonstop. he writes papers he takes classes he takes exams you know all yeah. of this uh, while he's also doing his podcast wow uh, and while he's also he has a family so obviously it's exa- you know, sure so there's the ability to do it if you decide that you're going to just devote this many hours to all these things and um, sometimes you just say I'm today I'm just gonna I'm just going to sleep. I'm just going to stay in my room, veg out, uh-huh. watch the TV, and sleep. And there's nothing wrong with that. Okay. So, really, yeah. I mean, your career allows – that's really cool. Yeah. That it allows you to kind of structure whatever yeah. time yeah. you need to put in there. Yeah. You know, people always talk about how difficult it must be for us to be away from our families. Um, you know, And it is. And I'm not discrediting that at all. But at the same time, you know – we're on the road, let's say 175, 200 days a year. If you're counting travel days, that still means we have, you know, almost half the year at home. Yeah. Not many people have half the year at home. No. You know. Um, so it's just a matter of how you view that. Sure, it's broken up into many, many, many chunks, and therefore you can never get into a, a routine that you right. would normally if you were nine to five employee working and then. You have your weekends, and that's when you do your things. Right. For us, it's we might get home and have two months off. You know, that's winter. a really good outlook. You know, because so I think yes, from my perspective, I would think that it would be. Yeah, so it is difficult. very difficult. Sure. sure. When you're on tour, right now it's it's fresh and it's fun. Sure. It's good to sure. see everyone again. We get sure. to play again. It's been a long time since we played a show. But come like August again, you're just, you're starting to get a little worn out and be like, man still have half the year almost yeah. you know and that gets uh difficult in that respect but at the end of the at the end of the uh day you're still like i get to play a show for a li- uh, to make a living yeah that's what i get to do that's right. pretty amazing uh, i get to come go home and you know at the end of november and i get to be home for all of december yeah play a couple of shows i get to be home all of january amazing that's you know? yeah that's really that's a great perspective yeah. i really appreciate that yeah yeah that 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 gratitude that you feel for that that's yeah because i mean most folks are you know working 10 11 hour days these days it seems like yeah, it you seems know, nobody's got work. a nine to five yeah. anymore yeah um i mean that's but that's also a very different perspective for me versus someone like dane who works our tour manager who works throughout the day when he's on the road oh uh, uh-huh. it's very different um uh yeah that is a good point that is a but I mean, it's again, it's all perspective. It's all yeah. each person's own struggle, whatever that looks like. Mm-hmm. And yep. finding that balance is gonna, I guess, ultimately be just different for everybody. For sure. I and mean, there's no. Yeah, like I've been getting super, super uh, interested in fitness just because I feel like I'm at the age now where I either I get interested in it now or I'm gonna be unhealthy for the rest. Uh, of Uh huh. Yeah. Um, and so that's like one of the things that we can share amongst so, so many of us on the road. That's great. Because all of us are more or less. Is there like a specific, uh, no, just, just working out in just general? Just working out in general, yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. Well, we, 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 we like to think we like CrossFit, but none of us are true CrossFitters. Uh, uh-huh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We like the motions, but we're not busting our ass like that. <laughs> You're not doing the, you don't have the paleo diet and the... Oh, well, we try all those uh, diets. It's, you know, you find what works, and obviously yeah. there's no golden gun that knocks out all the the different things you want to accomplish but you find what works for you man exercise i mean i love it like i've always i've always stayed in pretty good shape and i just ran my first half marathon oh, and man. i am that's oh, huge i'm hooked yeah i'm hooked yeah. i want to do the whole thing now man. you know because there's just like such a addictive kind of feeling to things yeah you know? yeah that's what i've heard from everyone who runs long distances like, yeah there's a there's a feeling you get from it there's very little like it. Yeah. Yeah. From my experience, at yeah, least, I, you know. I could never run more than five miles, I think. Uh, well, I mean, now that you're yeah. kind of into it, you know, you yeah. could take on that challenge. I still don't run. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> I, just can't, I cannot get into it. I, try. <laughs> I know it's good good for me, but it's just mentally it's difficult. It is, ve- it is incredibly difficult mentally. Yeah. You know, I ran in high school, so, like, pretty competitively. So sure. I that reflex comes back. Sure. Like I can get in that mindset pretty easily. Sure. You know, um, is I like to, to, at the end of the show, just kind of talk about the things that the guest is consuming in terms of art. So like, what are you listening Mm. to? What are you reading? Man, I've been, um, so I've been getting super into Japanese architecture and, uh, I read a lot of different, things on like how to train trees and stuff and so like and i redid my whole backyard to be a japanese garden wow (laughs) i'm training trees i put in a little koi pond and and the 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 sad part or the sad part for my wife is that it it did turn the space more relaxing so now i'm gonna be like you see all that all that stuff i did it helped so I'm I'm really into that right now. Uh, also, obviously, continuing continuously buying cookbooks and reading cookbooks and going out to eat. Um, yeah, I you know dear some of my dear dear friends are all chefs, so I hang out with the, them as much as I can. Uh-huh. Try to pick up things and you know ask them to teach me how to do certain things. Um, other things I've been listening to music when i work out now which is a new thing i used to never do that because i i always thought i i paid less attention but now when i'm doing something very mundane um that doesn't require like real focus i'll listen to music you know Uh when i'm on the rower and i'm trying to row you know whatever distance i feel like the music helps the time go faster so i started listening to peaches when i work out skrillex and uh, uh, Chance the Rapper, uh huh, Kendrick Lamar, uh-huh. oh, and yeah. uh, old Janet Jackson, which is really like <laughs> wow. I just went back into the catalog to uh-huh. like listen to old Janet Jackson. Um, and then there was one other one that I've been like going just it's on there like all the time. I wish I could remember now. But That's there, great. But otherwise, I don't, you know, like. I won't listen to, I don't, we don't have music on at the house. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. It's like one of those things where if you saw mornings at our house, people would be like, how do you live that way? Cause it's so, we don't turn on any lights. We don't have 
any music on, like, it's 100% dead silent in our house. My wife don't even, I won't even talk that much in the morning. Wow. It's like pure silence. And, and as we wake up, that changes. But Is that just how you are? Or was that, is that very intentional? I think that's just how I am. Huh. Yeah. Because some mornings I'll put on, like, a Leela Diane. Like, that. she's just, to me, like, a great way to wake up and uh-huh. listen to her album, like, one of the albums all the way straight through. But I would say out of 365 days, that's, like, one day a year. That I'll really? do something like that, put on an album in the morning. Yeah, it's weird. That's really interesting. Yeah. It used to be the first thing that I would do, but... I think it's the case for most... I mean, my wife listens to podcasts at 2 in the morning. Wow. Because she always gets up for an hour at 2. And I'll hear her next to me listening to a podcast. Interesting. And so she wakes up and she immediately puts on a podcast. Like, no matter what. Yeah. Like, I hear her in the bathroom with a podcast on. Huh. Then she knows that when I'm downstairs, like, we, I don't like to listen to anything. She, she knows that. And she'll just sit and drink coffee with me. And you know, it's funny. I hear I am, like, surprised, but I don't either. Yeah. And now, because my partner, Chris, works at night. And so she'll go to sleep right before I have to get up. Mm-hmm. So I, I might play some light music. I have a little studio where I do writing and, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. record intros and stuff. And so I'll now I guess I don't either. Yeah. I guess I, I do my morning pages in the morning. I, I write out longhand, yeah. get all my thoughts out, read a little bit, and then go about my drink my coffee, have my yeah. breakfast. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah, I guess I'm the same way. Yeah, the ritual has definitely changed, you know. Yeah. It uh it morphs through the years for sure. Yeah. Like, there was this stage in my life where I was getting so into coffee, I would have more or less like private cuppings with by myself in the morning. It's <laughs> like freaking taking notes on coffee, you know? That's amazing. Because that became my routine. But yeah. now it's like we have this like automatic Chemex stripper thing that all you have to do is put a filter in water and coffee in and it oh you know, that's a game it's like changer. a drip system that's a game a pour changer. over system that does it for you oh no like, it's not as good as mine yeah but it's not bad <laughs> that's it because for me the i like my pour over because it's the ritual for me i, like, do, I love coffee i do i do you know but now but the ritual consists of me having to take the dog out uh-huh. so i'll let that go while i'm taking the dog out that makes sense yeah, the dog's got to be priority. I had to make a little efficiency in my day. Right, right. Yeah. Well, man, thank you so much. Yes, this sir. has been so much fun. Thank you. Um, I have two painless uh, favors to ask yeah. of you, if that's okay. So we have a mutual fan, um, and hopefully it's still on here. But there uh, is a photo that you actually retweeted at okay. one point. All right. So uh, it went away. Well, all right. So, friend of the show, big fan of the show, Zach. Okay. In Minnesota, his daughter Sienna, he posted a picture on Twitter and and uh, mentioned you. And they were wearing a shirt that said something. I think their shirt said, "Keep Quan and, and Avon on." on. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. so it's him and his daughter. Uh huh. And um and they, so they, then they they you know mentioned you and you retweeted it uh-huh. okay so um zach's big friend of the show sienna's a huge fan of yours okay. specifically you're her favorite favorite brother that's amazing so thank you sienna yeah that's all i was gonna say yeah. is if you didn't mind saying hi to sienna hi sienna thank you so much <laughs> for your support i hope to see you uh next time we're through that's amazing
And then my other painless uh, favor to ask, huge, huge, uh, uh, great friends, 20 years, my friend JW and his wife, Mary Margaret, are having a baby. All right. And they haven't done the gender reveal yet. Oh, my God. And we were just like half jokingly saying, what if Joe did, like, you just filmed Joe opening this envelope. I haven't even seen what's in the envelope. Oh, this is amazing. Would you be yeah, cool with that? Yeah, let's do this. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> so cool. <laughs> All right, let me make sure I don't mess this up. Okay. Here we go. All right, Mary Margaret Ferguson, are you ready? All right. Oh my God, I'm stressing out. <laughs> this is pretty exciting. You're having twins. <laughs> You're having triplets. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, you're having a female, ah. a girl. It's a girl. Congratulations. <laughs> well, I've never seen one of these. I haven't either. Wow. All right. Yeah, that was my first uh, gender reveal. Congratulations. Oh, dude, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> that was so exciting. Man, Joe, thanks for everything. Thank you so this much. This was super nice fun. Nice to meet you. Yeah, likewise. Thanks for having me on. Yeah. I'm finally learning why It matters for me Joe Kwan, everyone. Thank you, Joe, for your candor and presence. Thank you to everyone involved with the Avert Brothers for your professionalism and attention to detail. Thank you to Gasparilla Music Festival for putting one on, on one of my favorite festivals of the year. I met a couple from Minnesota while I was in Tampa for GMF, and they flew in to escape the cold and see the likes of the Avert Brothers and Gary Clark Jr. and Lucas Nelson and the Promise of the Real, and then, of course, all of the local um, Tampa, Orlando, Central Florida bands that play as well. Um, I recommend everyone take a look at the calendar for next year and see what early March looks like for you. GMF is always worth the trip. Of course, locally, there's almost no reason not to go. You can bring your kids in the morning, especially, and they have all kinds of activities for the kids. Um, but also from out of town, I think it's a, it's, it's a kind of event that's worth the trip. Thank you all so much for listening. What an amazing conversation with Joe. Follow the Marinade on social media if you would, please. Head on over to marinadepodcast.com. That's marinadepodcast.com, all one word, for all things the Marinade. Um, give us a rating on your podcast app. Please subscribe to the show. These are all free, painless ways to support the show, and they mean a lot. If you really like what we're doing, uh, consider connecting on a deeper level by joining our Patreon community. And for the, just the price of the change in your dresser drawer, you can get exclusive content, including our Patreon-only show, Jason's Journey, where every couple of weeks I share the moments that have shaped my creative life. And of late, they've kind of uh, really ventured into going deeper on the, uh, the, the feature episodes of the show and kind of explaining how they come together and uh, explaining kind of how I'm feeling creatively in, in my own pursuits, both with the show and then with the music that I've been creating and um, I'm working on a novel now, all that kind of stuff. Like, where am I in my creative journey? I'm able to talk about it in, in a deeper way on Jason's journey. All right, y'all, it's time for what I'm getting down on, where I share the books, the films, the articles, whatever is inspiring me at the moment, whatever art I've been fired up for. Um, I'm a huge, re huge fan of the Well-Read Comedy Guys. Trey Crowder was on episode nine of this show, and I listen to the Well-Read Podcast almost every week. 
And one of their friends and uh, reoccurring guests is comedian, artist, musician, philanthropist, DJ Lewis, a.k.a. Skinny Bumpkin. Um, he was on a recent episode. If you search uh, goat diapers, <laughs> that'll, it'll pop up. It was a hilarious conversation, and I love DJ. We've connected on social media since then. And uh, he really piqued my interest on that particular episode because he talked about his Young Artists Learning Leadership Initiative, um, or YAL, the acronym YAL. It's a nonprofit, non-affiliate community effort in rural areas to teach the arts, focusing mainly on juveniles and foster children, but open to anyone with interest. And DJ says, by using the philosophy and teaching of Joseph Campbell's The Hero's Journey as a reference, we aim to teach children who are most susceptible to the trappings of racism, homophobia, xenophobia, etc., broader worldviews, while allowing them to express themselves and thus form a new relationship with the world around them and creating a new cycle in the rural American South. DJ is encouraging folks to do something similar in their communities. Um, check out DJ on social media and stay tuned to marinadepodcast.com for an episode featuring DJ Lewis, a.k.a. Skinny Bumpkin, sometime soon. We're hoping to catch up this summer, just trying to get our schedules to match up. And you're not going to want to miss that one. He is absolutely hilarious and such a big-hearted guy. And I cannot wait to meet him in person and sit down with him. The book I finished recently, so there's two major ones I finished recently that I was really fired up about. The first one is Colorless Sakuro Tazaki and His Pilgrimage of Years. Um, the great Brian Koppelman, who's one of my creative heroes, talks about the book's author, Murakami, Haruki Murakami, fairly often on his excellent podcast, The Moment. Um, I feel especially uh, attached to Koppelman because of the way that he connects with his fans. He always does um, an Ask B Cop on on uh, Twitter or Instagram. Um, he's pretty active on Twitter. And before this episode, this Joe Kwan episode, I actually reached out to him because he was hap he happened to be doing this Ask B Cop. And I, I asked him for advice because the Joe Kwan episode, more so than any other episode, maybe ever, I mean, other than I just recently recorded with our friend John Snodgrass, but it came together quickly. Um, typically, I do a lot of research. I've got a lot of time. Uh, to do that research because I try to book these things pretty far in advance. Basically, I reached, I was able to get a hold of the Avid brothers that week. They said yes. We made it happen uh, within like four days. Uh, first of all, amazing group of people. If you like the Avid brothers' music um, or if you like any of the things that they do, um, rest assured that they are professionals and that they are super nice. And uh, every all of my dealings with them were outstanding. And I can't say that enough. I can't stress that enough. Um, but because it came together so quickly, quite honestly, I was a little apprehensive, not because I was worried about Joe being anything other than what he was gracious and funny and, um, intelligent and charming, but because I typically like to make sure I've got all my bases covered so that when I go into an interview that I'm giving that person the best of me. Now in those four days, of course, I worked my tail off to make sure I was ready and it, I think it went really well. Um, but Koppelman gave me some really good advice on Twitter and, um, his advice essentially was to not show, not try to, to hide my enthusiasm for the interview. This was a creative hero of mine. There's no reason not to let him know that. Um, and he told me to relax and trust the process, trust that I, I, I've done the work and I know what I'm doing and it's going to be fine. And I took that advice to heart and I think it worked out really, really well. Anytime he recommends something, I typically at least give it a shot. Colorless Sakura Tazaki and his pilgrimage of years. Um, existential kind of questions, really heavy, but um, very accessible, and I loved it. 
I also just finished Alligator Zoo Park Magic by C.H. Hooks. It's set in rural Florida, and I was already invested um, just by some of the things I'd heard about it. But he just spins this heartbreaking and hilarious mystical tale that I feel like would resonate anywhere. And big news, C.H. Hooks and I sat down and recorded an episode of The Marinade recently, so in a few episodes, you'll get a chance to hear him get down about his creative process. We had so much fun. We laughed so hard, and then we also got down really seriously about creative process and life, so look out for that coming very soon. C.H. Hooks, Alligator Zoo Park Magic, I highly recommend it. I've also been watching Killer Mike's Trigger Warning. Um, If you've listened to this show at all, you know how much I appreciate Killer Mike, And he's done an outstanding job with this show. Everybody involved has. And Killer Mike, of course, always challenging me for sure as a white guy, especially a white guy in the South, um, to really think about what my role is uh, in the world, in society at large, and how I interact with um, with the system and a system that is that has been stacked against um, folks of color and poor folks for a long time. So uh, I really appreciate Killer Mike and, um, and the challenges that he puts out there to everybody. Trigger warnings, outstanding. Of course, I'm back into Game of Thrones. I just think it's wonderful. This, episode, this, or this season's been great. Um, I'm about to watch episode three tonight. And damn it if the internet didn't spoil something major for me, which I'm not going to do on here in case you haven't seen it. But um, still, even with spoilers, I really appreciate it. So much is happening with our show. You know, we have uh, five conversations after this already recorded. Things are just picking up and happening very quickly um, in a very positive way. And those will be coming your way very soon. I can't wait to get some of these conversations out in the world. We got to talk with folks at Swanee uh, Spring Reunion this past year. Graham Sharp of Steep Canyon Rangers and Abby Owens, who is an outstanding singer and songwriter and guitar player. Uh, Shima Shine, who is a name that you may not know yet, but you will. Amazing, amazing artist and creative. Cannot wait to get that out. C.H. Hooks uh, that I just mentioned. And then, of course, our good friend John Snodgrass from way back um, was on the show again. And uh, we had so much fun. That's another one that came together quickly. But it's John, and I kind of know him, and uh, I'm getting to know him even better. Uh, And our conversation was super fun and and so good. So I can't wait for y'all to hear that. Once again, thank you, Joe Kwan. Thank you to all of you for listening. I appreciate you so much. Go out and create something, y'all. Until next time, cheers, y'all.